Welcome into the Flex of Gold Fantasy Football Podcast, your new favorite fantasy football podcast. Angelo Anglisi here alongside me, Nick Prello, and you might hear a sound in the background. That is my friend's dog. They are currently in the process of moving. We're keeping him up here for the time being. So if you're any clanging, any banging, any whimpering, it's him. He's okay. He's got water, food. He's taken care of. He's all right. He's just being a drama king. But anyway, we are finally here. We are at Week one, we have football tonight. Unfortunately, this podcast will not be coming out before the Thursday night games this season, just from a planning schedule. So we'll probably talk a little bit on Tuesday about the Thursday night games. For right now, don't worry about Thursday. We are looking solely at Sunday and Monday in terms of our prospecting. Uh, Nick, how are you doing? We finally, finally have made it to the regular season. Doing good, Angelo. Uh, we have finally made it. I kind of think this podcast helped uh, get us there a little bit faster than normal. You know, talking about football, uh, fantasy football every week made it feel like uh, it was less and less of a drag waiting for it. And honestly, came kind of uh, snuck up before like last week. I was like, oh my God, like we're a week away. Uh, yeah, I know. It's just like it woke up on Sunday after some college football and you're like, you know what? I could smell it. I could smell the NFLs right around the corner and it really did fly by. Uh, we do have some news to uh, touch on real quick. Uh, Latavius Murray cut from the Saints. Obviously, a big ad is going to be uh, Tony Jones, the backup there. Uh, could fill that Latavius Murray role. They're really high on him. But you that's also a guy that's been kind of like targeted already, so he might not be available in leagues. Uh, Austin Eckler dealing with a hamstring injury. He doesn't seem worried about it for Sunday. He looks like he's ready to go. Still going to carry that questionable designation, something to monitor as we get closer to those Sunday games. Uh, and then a couple other big news uh, for the Ravens, uh, the running back room. Uh, Nick, I heard you're suiting up this weekend. I honestly might have to because they have no one else left. Uh, Gus Edwards tore his ACL along with Marcus Peters in the same practice, which that's a that's a tremendous blow for that team just in general, but fantasy purpose-wise, I mean, if you had J.K. Dobbins, that stunk. And then if you were lucky enough to pick the handcuff of Gus Edwards up or even just draft him, you were feeling pretty good, and now we're going to uh, the waiver wire for the next running back for the Ravens. Yeah, that would be Tyson Williams. He's currently on the roster. He's probably going to get most of the carries on Monday night. They did sign... Uh, Late, but within the time frame of our last podcast, they signed both Le'Veon Bell and Devonta Freeman, both currently on the practice squad, expected to join the team next week. Uh, I do not know who the next string running back for the Ravens is, but I don't want any part of that backfield. I actually kind of feel real, weirdly good about Lamar Jackson. Like that guy might throw for 5,000 yards and rush for 1,500. Like he is going to be that offense. If he can, I mean, they've, we've been saying for a couple of years now, if he can kind of figure out the throwing a little bit more, it seems like he does get a little better every season. But if he really can figure out how to, you know, lead an offense through the air, you could see him kind of going back to a couple, uh, two years ago when he was MVP caliber. Absolutely. And one other thing to monitor, I'm not going to say the full story because I haven't seen any, uh, like, verified reports of this, but there has been some news trick- trickling out regarding DeAndre Swift. I'm not going to repeat it because I don't want like, again, rumors can spread really fast, but if you are a Swift owner, you probably want to monitor the story just to make sure everything is okay and that he is in line to still play football. Also just got an update uh, from Adam Schefter retweeting from Field Yates. 
Austin Eckler, again, a non-participant in practice due to a hamstring injury. Hopefully, this is just precautionary and rest days for him. Hopefully, they're just kind of keeping him in the box. But two days in a row going into the weekend, we'll hopefully see practice tomorrow. But I don't know. If I'm not seeing a practice on Friday, I'm getting a real nervous of an Eckler owner. I would say yes, but not as much. I feel like teams, you know, a guy like Austin Eckler, he's not like a first, second year guy. He's been around. He knows the deal. I think it really might be just a rest thing. Honestly, if I were the Chargers, I'd maybe kind of just, just if their people were concerned, just to kind of, you know, shut them up like, hey, we'll throw him out there and he'll do a light practice. Yeah, just do a quick jog around the field. We're Make sure like, hey, he's doing fine. So with our Thursday shows, uh, again, my whole the whole purpose of this podcast is get you in and out in like 30 minutes or so. Get the quick info that you need, maybe some tidbits. So what we're going to be doing on Thursdays, I think, for here on out, we're going to have our hots and knots. So we're going to look at the matchups this week. We're going to find the guys that we really like their matchup for, and then we're also going to look at guys that we really don't like. Uh, so we're each going to pick a guy. Yeah, we're not going to touch on every player in the NFL. We're not a full, comprehensive fantasy football podcast. The whole point of this is just to be quick. So if you got these guys, great. Maybe it's a guy that you haven't thought of starting, or maybe it's that big guy, big name that you do have that you're going to feel really good about. But let's start off with it. We're going to start off with the quarterback position. Uh, we'll all end up going first. The guy I really like this week is Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Rodgers, again, he, we have heard all the drama coming into the season during the offseason with is he going to play this year? Is he going to sit out? And he you know, he showed up. And this team, yeah, the offensive line is banged up a little bit. But Rodgers is a great mastermind at maximizing whenever his team is lacking. If he's lacking in pass catchers, he knows how to compensate. He'll lean on the running back a little bit more. When his offensive line is banged up, it really hasn't mattered so much. He's really good at getting the ball out fast. Playing the Saints, yeah, they're on the road. Uh, they are in Jacksonville, not in New Orleans due to Hurricane Ida. I still think that Rodgers is, you know, consummate pro. I think he's going to get the ball out of his hand quickly. He's going to rely on Devontae Adams. He's going to rely on Aaron Jones. And that Saints defense isn't as elite as it once was. I think he can do enough. I think he's a guy that right now ranked on ESPN as ninth. I think he ends up in the top five this weekend. Yeah, Aaron, it's a tough forecast for week one just because, you know, we don't really know who the sleepers are yet or who's going to trend upward or downward. But, Aaron Rodgers, always a good bet to have a good week one out there. Uh, just in general, you know, he is an all, one of the all-time, you know, quarterbacks. And like you said, going against a little bit different of a Saints team might not be as high-powered of a Saints offense, you know, in a shootout team in past uh, years. So maybe, you know, Rodgers can get them on the board early and they could uh, get a lot of points out of him uh, early on. Nick, who do you got? So going with my quarterback that I like this week, um, just solely because of how beat up that defense is in New York with the Jets, I kind of like Sam Darnold this week. They're in Carolina. They're home for his first game. Jets are on the road. I like that for Darnold just to begin with. And you've got McCaffrey back. You have DJ Moore. you got Robbie Anderson. you got some weapons out there. And going against the Jets' uh, defense where they're kind of thin in the secondary with you know less not as experienced cornerbacks, and at that linebacker position, maybe not as uh, you know stout as you would like it. So I could see DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey having huge days, a la Sam Darnold throwing the ball. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how this game plays out for the from the Jets' perspective. Very young secondary. I think that they don't have any veteran presence in the cornerback room. Marcus May is really the leader there. I know they still have Ashton Davis, who is in his year two. 
The only thing that gives me pause is that Salah is a tremendous defensive coach, and he has done more with better players. But again, the fact that you have Carl Lawson hurt, there's not really much of a presence on this team. Marcus May is a solid safety. Quinton Williams is a great defensive lineman. But yeah, there's definitely the uh, recipe for success for Sam Darnold. If they get out passing the ball early and the Jets can keep it close, they might see a lot of action with, with Darnold. Uh, Nick, why don't you start off with our knots? So for my quarterback position on not this week, um, this is kind of a guy who, if you have him on your team, you probably are starting him because you have picked him to be your number one QB. But as we talked about on previous episodes, I'm not high on Jalen Hurts. And if you did kind of have someone who would be in a similar ballpark around Jalen Hurts, I would start them over him week one just because I'd want to see what he can kind of do first. Because that offense is just a huge question mark, and I just still think that – I almost think the Eagles, not that you root for them to be bad, but they're chomping at the bit thinking like, huh, like, you know, I, they want to see right away, do we have anything or do we not have anything with Jalen Hurts? And I feel like his leash is going to be very short um, when it comes to how long they're going to give him, like, to actually try to be the quarterback of this team. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that season plays out. They did trade for Minshew last week. I, there have been rumors that Hertz is not the guy that the front office really wants in there anymore after just the four games. He will get some starts for the first few weeks, but against Atlanta, who knows with this team. Again, it's just a team that's going to be bad this year. I'm actually going with a hot take for my not. Uh, Josh Allen against Pittsburgh. Yeah, they're at home, but Pittsburgh's defense is still really good. That wasn't the issue with the team last year. It was all about the offense. They just extended TJ Watt to a very big deal. They always get, they have good schemes up front. They have a tremendous front seven. Mika Fitzpatrick leads that secondary. Yeah, the corners are a little bit unheralded, but they usually do a good job. And again, Joe, they can start Joe Hayden. Joe Hayden against Fawn Diggs. That's a good matchup. I like that matchup a lot for them. And, you know, I think this could be a year where Josh Allen relies less on his legs. Uh, they're going to throw the ball a ton, but against a team like the Steelers, this could be a real slugfest, and I don't think he's going to put up numbers uh, that you're going to expect him to put up against the Steelers. Yeah, Josh Allen, I mean, it's people are expecting Josh Allen to be like a top three quarterback again uh, next fantasy season. Only thing that I would say would hinder maybe saying like, uh, you know, he's maybe not a, a great start would be the fact of his legs. If he's running the ball and he can just get maybe like, you know, 50 yards and a touchdown, that's that's all the difference between what sets him apart from like a middling, like back end quarter, back end 10, top 10 quarterback to like a top five play. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving on to the running back position. I got Damian Harris as my hot player. I really like him in that backfield now. Yeah, you have Ramondre Stevenson and James White back there as well. But starting a rookie quarterback, I think that you're going to see a very big emphasis on the running game, at least for week one against Miami. Miami's front seven, yeah, they have some talent, but I think that the schemes that Bill Belichick can design for that run game, I mean, we've seen nameless guys go off for big games against Miami. Uh, you can attest to that. And I think Harris is going to be the go-to goal line back. He's going to get most of these touches. Cam Newton's gone. He the, His touches are gone. Sony Michelle's not there. He, his touches are gone. So I think a lot of those are going to end up in Damian Harris's hands. They're at home for Miami. I think this is going to be a punch-you-in-the-mouth punch kind of style for week one and the hoodie. It's going to look very vanilla, but it's going to be very effective. So give me some Damian Harris this week. 
Yeah, the Dolphins kind of had to do a little bit of a changing up with their front seven this year. A couple guys who last year, like Andrew Van Ginkle, now are set to be starters this year and really have to step up in the roles. So we're going to see kind of how that works out. No Kyle Van Noy anymore. He was kind of a vocal leader for that offense, even if he didn't really put up the sack numbers they would have liked. So as much as I think the defense is going to stand strong and be good this year, I am very interested to see what Damian Williams can do because a lot of people are high on Damian Williams and think that he's going to have a breakout year and be kind of making like the every down back for the Patriots uh, instead of them, you know, cycling in a bunch of different guys uh, every couple months as they normally have in the past couple of years. But shifting over to my uh, running back while I'm high on this week, uh, I'm going to go with Najee Harris. Not a huge rookie running back guy when it comes to fantasy. I feel like sometimes they can be a little hit or miss. But in this case for Najee, I kind of like him week one to get off to a good start. Going against a Bills defense that overall is a pretty good defense. But I think that the Steelers are going to try to see what they have with him right now to start. I think this is a good week in week one to kind of see where your running backs, like where your rookie uh, players are at and kind of try to get him involved. So, you know, if he can start off hot, I could see him maybe, you know, punching in like a touchdown or two, kind of use him on the goal line and see how he does down there. So just for that alone, like, it, you know, it, it's a good thing to maybe test him out this week. Yeah, I think uh, the best way to do this season for the Steelers is to rely on Najee early and then have Ben be effective later in the season without him being too banged up. Uh, the, again, Bills have a solid defense, but there's nothing they quite do that elite level outside of their safety play. And so I think you can see Najee just get these six-yard carries over and over and over again. There's no one that he's competing with carries with. The offensive line is improved. And I, I think that's just the way to play the Bills. That They're going to pass the ball a lot. You want to slow the game down, and that's what Najee Harris is good at. What, what about your not? Who, what running back are you um. avoiding? I would say this week maybe I would avoid Josh Jacobs. Already coming into this year, Josh Jacobs isn't really high in a lot of people's minds as going to be like as being like a, a good solid number one running back. I still overall like Josh Jacobs, but I don't really like this matchup against uh, the Ravens. Ravens have a stout defense; they always usually do. And um, just the unknown of Kenyon Drake too puts a little bit of uh, murkiness in uh, how I would go about starting Josh Jacobs or relying on him at least to be productive, because you're probably going to start him if you have him. But I would temper my expectations with him in this early on week one matchup. Yeah, I, again, I've kind of been down on him the entire offseason. Against the Ravens, too, a team that always prides themselves on their defense. They're going to pl- play a slow down game. And Jacobs is at his best when he gets a ton of volume, and I don't think it's going to be there in this kind of game, in a game that's going to be very slow and very methodical. It's not going to be the most exciting game. It's going to be pretty low scoring, I think, especially with all the injuries on the Ravens' side. So I, I, I think that's a smart play to avoid Jacobs. He's also not involved in the passing game at all, so you're not going to get those receptions. Uh, for me, the guy I was going to um, – I was initially going to put Dave, uh, Dave Montgomery here, but then the obvious answer appeared to me. It's Daryl Henderson. Now, if you're a fool like me and you did a draft two weeks ago before the trade for Sony Michel, uh, you took Henderson in the fourth round, and uh, that's not looking too good right now. The Bears' defense is still very tough. They have a lot of talent on that side of the ball. It's always the offense you have to worry about with them. So I think that this could be a game that the Rams are going to rely more on the passing game in the arm of Matt Stafford. And yeah, Henderson will be involved in that passing game, but there's also a lot of other mouths to feed. 
Uh, and Sony Michelle seems to be like he's going to be the goal line back. I think those are going to be the simple carries he's going to get right off the rip. And Michelle will only get more carries as the season goes on. So even though it's the probably this might be the game you want Henderson because it, Michelle doesn't know the playbook yet. I, I, it's hard to get excited about that for this first week. Yeah, it's going to be a big week uh, kind of just looking at what you have there in uh, – in, uh, I don't even know what it is, on Los Angeles with the Rams just because um, don't really know if Michelle's going to get a, more of the carries or Henderson. I think going at the beginning of the year, they're probably going to try to be giving Henderson the ball more. But, you know, as you know, some guy has a good week one and all of a sudden, you know, he has the job. So I think it's a big week for Henderson to try to figure it out. Yep. Moving on to receivers now. A guy I'm pretty high on this week is Brandon Ayuk against Detroit. Uh, hint, if you play on Detroit, if you play the Lions or the Texans, uh, I'm going to like you because I think those teams are going to be awful. Yeah, Dan Campbell, I'm kind of in on as a coach. But there's not a lot of talent in D- Detroit, and I think that Ayuk is going to be the benefactor of that. I think even though this is a running team, Ayuk is going to get enough touches. I think he finds the end zone once or twice this week, uh, being a top-five play. Again, it, it, go, it goes no farther than the Niners are a well-coached team, Detroit's awful, and Ayuk's the number one receiver. I think that's gonna, that's a recipe for success. Hey, I'll take that. As a guy who's a huge Brandon Ayuk fan, I would love to see two touchdowns coming out here week one. And like you said, you know, the Lions are the Lions. Uh, going to a receiver who I'm uh, pretty high on this week. Uh, where is he on the chart here? There he is. Um, A.J. Brown. I'm really interested to see how uh, A.J. Brown comes out this year. You know, going to be that lead uh, receiver for the Titans and an offense that I think um, is going to try to really establish themselves. You know, they've been a playoff team the past couple of years, but really try to establish themselves as a good uh, high-powered offense. They do have Julio Jones now, which I think opens up the field more a little bit for A.J. Brown. He might be shattered by better cornerbacks, but in this matchup against the Cardinals, they're pretty thin out there in uh, the secondary. So I can see A.J. Brown having a really, really good uh, week one here. I did see a report they had surgery on both his knees this offseason, not currently carrying the questionable designation, so that's a good sign. Something to monitor, but yeah, the, the Cardinals don't really have a secondary anymore. And this is gonna, and in theory, the way this game goes with two teams that don't really have much of a defense should be high scoring. Should be a really fun game to watch. And AJ Brown and Tannehill's connection has been second to none since Tannehill took over the starting role. So I do like that pick a lot. And then going to my receiver, who I'm not as high on. Uh, this kind of just comes as a play where I want to see more of what Jamar Chase is going to do for the Bengals. Um, not usually, not really big on T. Higgins. That's the guy who I'm going to maybe lean away from. Uh, already to start the year, I kind of think he's a fringe flex play. But if you have someone who's close to him at receiver or maybe even a running back who catches the ball in a PPR format, I'd start them over him just to uh, kind of get a feel out for how Joe Burrow is going to do with this um, offense just because – I don't really know where he's going to go and who he's going to link up with. Chase might be the guy or Boyd might be the guy. I mean, Higgins still very well could be, but uh, I just don't know. There's a lot of mouths to feed, and I want to see how Joe Burrow does in his first game back. You know, they might even run the ball out with Joe Mixon just to give Burrow, like, back comfortable under center. Yeah, it could be a very just slow down game to get Burrow comfortable. I mean, he's still in the process of trusting his knee, which is not what you want to hear starting week one, especially behind an offensive line that's already kind of questionable. 
Uh, but yeah, I think that the Bengals offense is something to monitor just to see how that receiving core shakes out. Obviously, they did draft Jamar Chase, six overall, have a big investment there. T. Higgins, they drafted in the first round the year before. Tyler Boyd also still there. So just interesting to see how those targets get distributed with Joe Burrow there and like what kind of what does the offense look like? Uh, staying with the AFC North, I almost put this guy as my guy to start, but when he's carrying a questionable designation into going into Friday, it, it puts a damper on things, especially when he doesn't have a history of success on the team he's on. And it's Odell Beckham Jr. And the reason why I could see him having success is because he's playing the Chiefs and the Browns will have to score points to keep up. But it's also, we've seen this story before with Odell. The, the hype kind of uh, supersedes him. And he just, for whatever reason, has not been able to connect with Baker. Carrying a questionable designation shows that he's not fully healthy. And I'm just going to avoid him. I think it's uh, a potential stinker for him. And I'm just going to avoid the heartache and headache and just leave him out of my lineup if I can. Yeah, honestly, like, I mean, fuck Odell. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now I have to put the explosive tag on there. (laughs) Um, Going forward now to the tight end position. Uh, my tight end that I like this week, we've been hearing all the hype about him. He was a top five pick. I'm going with Kyle Pitts. If I have Kyle Pitts on my team, I'm pumped to start him and see what he can do on an NFL field. As I'm just a Kyle Pitts fan in general, just because I, I've seen him play at Florida. He was amazing. Plays like an athletic receiver, but he's a little bit more big body to play tight end. Interesting also, I want to see if maybe he gained a little bit of muscle or mass you know, um, in the offseason now that he's entering into the NFL. I'm sure that... Uh, he was on some kind of program to get a little bit bigger so we could block some of those uh, bigger defensive uh, ends um, and outside linebackers. But, yeah, I really think that, uh, you know, I just a fun guy who I want to see play in the NFL, and I'd just be excited to see Pitts play. Yeah, I mean, he was a guy that I was huge on. Couldn't get him in any of my leagues because the hype kind of uh, drove him up to a point where I was not ready to take a tight end. Uh, but as someone that's very fun against an Eagles team that, I can't name any of their defensive players, really, and that's kind of more on me than more on them. But it's going to be an ugly – I just think that's going to be an ugly game. And with Matt Ryan kind of getting older in the tooth, he's going to check down to Pitts a lot. It's going to be the Pitts and Ridley show. Not really trusting Russell Gage that first week. Let him build up. But I think Pitts gets involved early. I think he's in line to maybe get four catches and 50 yards, which would be a solid first outing for the rookie. And if he finds the end zone, that's a great, great that's pick. a great first week for a tight end, yeah. Uh, my guy that I like is going to be Mark Andrews. Uh, we talked about the Ravens. They're very banged up and it's hard to look at this team and be like, I feel confident in them, but the Raiders never cover tight ends anyway. They're always like, Oh, they're the last team. They always give up the most yards to tight ends and give up the most touchdowns to tight ends. And that's been going on for like four years. So I think that trend will continue. Andrews. Yeah. He's currently ranked fourth. So it's maybe a little bit of a cop out, but with no one else healthy on that team, Lamar's going to throw to him a bunch. Like, there is a chance for him to get, like, eight catches in this game. Even though they're going to probably emphasize Lamar running the ball, I think that Andrews is going to have a huge game. Yeah, Andrews is Lamar's favorite target. And, um, you know, just some of those plays where Lamar, like, you see him on the run kind of hitting Andrews over the middle of the field. Those are the big kind of chunk plays that Andrews gets. I like him to go maybe for five catches between 60 and 70 yards. And if he can get in the end zone, that'd be even you know better. That's a, that's an elite uh, week one for a tight end. But just in the general, being the number one option for Lamar Jackson is huge, uh, considering that run game is so beat up. Yeah. So going on to my tight end that I don't like, uh, just to be fair, uh, Hawkinson. I don't like Hawkinson. And I'm going to continue that trend all year. Uh, 
he might have some games where it's going to be looking good, but against San Francisco, like I talked about the Raiders always being like one of the worst teams against the tight end. San Francisco always seems to be one of the best. Uh, they're going to take away Hawkinson because I think the game plan is obviously going to be throw the ball to Hawkinson with Jared Goff. So they're going to confuse Jared Goff. I think that Goff is going to have a horrible game. Therefore, Hawkinson's not really going to do too much. And uh, even though you probably spent a really pretty pick on him, you're going to be starting him anyway. But honestly, I feel better about a lot like Logan Thomas. I feel better like about a Tunyon, even an Austin Hooper. I would kind of feel a little bit better than the Hawkinson this week. Yeah, I mean, I like Hawkinson just for the touchdowns in general, but going to have to see with him. He was such a highly touted prospect out of college, but um, this is a big make-or-break year for him, I think, just only in year two, but it's a lot. uh, You know, he's going to have to produce a lot. Yeah, they heavily heavily rely on him. Uh, Going to my tight end, who I'm not that high on, is another guy who just in general, I don't get the love for Tyler Higby. I know a lot of people try to target him later in drafts as a guy who, oh, you know, if you don't get some of the elite tight ends, wait for Tyler Higby. But I don't even, I, I wouldn't even want to, like, you know, try to reach for Tyler Higby. I, he, he's just not that good. I, I don't really get the love for him. I know you got Stafford there, but even when Jared Goff was there, Jared Goff wasn't like a terrible, terrible quarterback, and he still didn't really find him. I know Gerald Everett is gone, but. I mean, Higby had enough time on the field last year, I think, to make a mark, and I don't really think he – he didn't show me enough, at least, to warrant me loving to starting him in uh, the tight end position. I like him long-term in this season. I just don't like him against Chicago. Uh, Chicago has very athletic linebackers that can match up pretty well with him, and so I think Stafford's going to look more to- towards those receivers like Bobby Trees, like Cooper Cup. Uh, I did say Daryl Henson's not unlike, but like he's going to get some of the check down stuff, but Stafford's not really. Yeah. So a lot of options there. A lot of options there. Let's again, maybe a guy that you're going to wait and see what the target share is going to look like. Wrapping up, we are going to be talking about defenses because defenses are important during the season. Kickers are all random. Like we, you, you can't, you, no matter how hard we try, you cannot predict kickers defenses. You can kind of line up based on week to week matchups, not worth drafting, but they are always worth mentioning from a week-to-week basis. So the defense I am high on, like I said before, I've, I've mentioned them twice already, the Niners playing the Lions against Jared Goff. They know Jared Goff. They've seen him play in L.A. He's playing in a worse system now in Detroit. This has awful matchup written all over it. This could get ugly fast. So give me that Niners defense. Don't know why they're only projected 6.7 points. It is ridiculous that they're not projected 9 yeah, maybe the only reason uh, I'm not as high on, uh, on them as you are is because, you know, new defensive coordinator there, no more Salah. So we'll see how they do. But getting back, um, I believe Bosa is going to play week one. Getting some of those defensive players back for the Niners is going to be huge, as they traditionally are always a pretty good defensive team. And like you said, they're playing Detroit. Dan Campbell, um, first year head coach, really, he was an intern, but now he's, you know, first year actually having a training camp and being the leader there. So. We'll see. New quarterback, new head coach there in Detroit. So it might take a couple of weeks before Detroit gets going on offense at all or just in general as a team. Um, switching and my defense that I'm going to pick, uh, I'm going to go with the Packers. Packers traditionally have, you know, usually a couple of guys on D that are pretty good. But as a group overall, I'd say they fall in the category of average. But, um, you know, I like them against the Saints. It's new look Saints team. You got Jameis Winston there, um, you know. Definitely have the potential to get a couple picks and maybe even a defensive score for the Packers. And um, 
yeah, just also, we, we, I mean, Jameis was named the starter, but you really don't know what's going to happen if Taysom Hill comes in for a couple downs or something like that. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do in, in New Orleans. And then shifting to a defense who I am not that high on this week. This is a defense that was, I mean, I would say one of the better defenses last year almost came out of nowhere. Just in general, I think the best, uh, most uh, team that over, uh, not overperformed, but uh, they were supposed to be underachievers at the beginning of the season, but performed way past that, and that's the Washington football team. Um, they're playing the Chargers. I like Justin Herbert to have uh, continued success. I don't really see a sophomore slump coming for him. And just in general, like you'd mentioned, Angelo, you'd re- uh, I forget what article you mentioned, but um, Washington football team didn't really play a lot of great quarterbacks last, uh, last year. They had success against, you know, the teams they're supposed to beat. But I really am interested to see what they do against the Chargers uh, here in week one. Yeah, it'll be fun to watch. Uh, it was from Cousin Sal on the Bill Simmons podcast uh, earlier this week. Just uh, like I still think there's a lot of talent on the defense. That defense is still going to be pretty good, but. They did beat up on a lot of bad quarterbacks last season. They played a lot of backups, a lot of rookies. Uh, for me, I'm looking through this. I initially had the Rams listed there just because this could be a better Chicago team than it was last year. But I'm not feeling super confident about that the more I think about it. So I think I'm going to end up going with Seattle. So Seattle's playing Indianapolis. I'm not really big on the Colts this year at all. But Seattle's defense hasn't been elite for some time now. And I think we need to stop pretending like this is the Legion of Boom. They are a defense that maybe if they get a turnover here and there, they're really good. And with Jamal Adams there, force some fumbles, they get creative with him. That's how they first turnovers, but it's not really great on a week-to-week basis. So I, I think that the Colts can do enough to make the Seahawks defense not an elite start. And I think that if the Colts can do enough and keep the game close, uh, it doesn't look look good for Seattle. So give me uh, the Seattle's defense as a team I do not like this week. Yeah, I think it's going to hinge on a lot of the Colts being able to establish that run game against the Seahawks. Yeah, Naheem, again, they have deep running backs. They have a lot of good guys there. But that will do it for the first regular season episode of the Flex of Gold podcast. You can expect this every Tuesday and Thursday going into the season. Tuesday, we'll be back talking about some of the bigger games, talking about the waiver wires you're going to want to pick up, and some, maybe some more content if we could fit it in there. Uh, really like this setup. Keep the news up with you. Nick, anything to plug this week? Um, No, not really. I would just uh, – well, I was going to ask you, Angelo, who you want tonight. You go Cowboys plus six or Bucks uh, minus – oh, it's plus nine. Plus nine uh, for the Cowboys or minus nine for the Bucks. Dang, I got all the way plus nine. It was plus seven earlier today. Ah, man, I, I, I try and avoid the straight-ups. I'm a guy that always loves to do a teaser. And so if I was to get I – I would tease the Buccaneers. Uh. I would not tease the Cowboys. There's potential that this game gets ugly just because of how good that uh, Bucks defense is. Uh, as far as guys that you're going to start, you're going to want to start all your Bucks this week. Uh, again, against that defense. Again, but monitor that target share split because it's going to be interesting to see who is the guy that Brady's going to throw to the most. Uh, on Dallas, I think, again, it, this is a great fantasy matchup for any guy that you have because even though like the Bucks defense is good, Dallas is going to have to move the ball a ton to stay relevant, so that that ends up working in their favor a little bit. But we got football, uh, we got football back. Very excited. We got Week One ready. Super excited for it. Give us a follow at, at Flex of Gold on Twitter. Send any season assist or emails or questions that you would like us to answer to Flex of Gold at Outlook.com. I will read every email that gets sent to us. So for Nick Perillo, I'm Angelo Anglisa, and as always, we have a pans out for you.